pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spicing your life for justice. Okay, uh, that was Pelosi yesterday. What a day for news and what a day for React. And our phones are open immediately at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Good morning. Trey Ware here on KTSA. With the news and comments on the news, Derek Chauvin guilty. Second degree unintentional murder. Third degree murder. Second degree manslaughter. All the way across the board, guilty on every count. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. The sentencing is scheduled for eight weeks from now. It took the jury about 10 hours and 20 minutes to reach this decision. The jury was made up of seven women and five men. Six jurors were white, four were black, two identified as multiracial. I need to add that to the list, by the way. Uh, jury ID. Uh, there is quite the the, the case that's uh, built for appeal on this, and we will be talking about that. Each count carried a different maximum sentence, 40 years for second-degree unintentional murder, 25 years for third, 10 years for second-degree, although he can only serve the first. Under Minnesota sentencing guidelines, he has no criminal history. Each murder charge carried a presumptive 12 and a half years in prison. And so on the first one, that's where he would go, would be somewhere around 12 years, although the prosecution is asking for more. He was put into handcuffs, remanded into state custody yesterday, and taken out. Lots has said about what was written on his hand. Just so you know, it was uh, Eric Nelson's phone number, his attorney's phone number. He had written that down as he uh, left. But some of the news uh, stations last night were focusing on what's on his hand. What did he write on his hand? What's on there? Is it a code to get out? Is there some way going to get out? Is he going to be back on the streets tonight? No, merely a telephone number from his attorney so that he could call his attorney a little bit later on. Let's go to line one immediately, 210-599-5555, with your reaction to all of this. And Alex, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call, Trey. Yes, sir. Your reaction, your uh, thoughts, sir. My thoughts are it is wide open for appeal. And, and mm-hmm. the reason why I say, say this is because last night I called the Tower of Americas and said, ask them stand tall like they are and put blue up to support our officers in uniform and female officers in uniform. But what happened outside that courtroom out and about all the ruckus in that city I believe the poor guy did not get a fair trial. And people forget that that Al Sharpton and Reggie, that, that uh, Mr. Jackson, they do not come out free. They charge you to come out and speak their rhetoric. And what Maxine Waters did, she opened the door wide open for a appeal. And I just want to tell her, thank you, even though I dislike that individual. 
Have a good day, Trey. But you too, sir. Thank you very much, Alex. I, I I don't know anything about the law as far as being an attorney. I'm not one. I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I'm not going to try to play attorney. I'm just a dude on the radio, right? But I made a lot of notes from a lot of different uh, uh, sources and a lot of different attorneys. So here's here's what I've got so far that they are saying is going to be argued on appeal. Uh, number one is venue. Obviously, they didn't even try to change the venue, or, you know, the defense tried, but uh, they wouldn't allow him to do it. The sequester, non-sequester, if you will, of the jurors in this case, they were wide open to all the media accounts. They were wide open to all the information. They were wide open to the threat of Maxine Waters put a big asterisk next to her. Maxine Waters' comments are one that really pushes it over the line, and even the judge mentioned that. And then the jury ID. And what I mean by that is they uh, some uh, liberal newspapers published uh, the information about the jurors. Now, they didn't include all of their names, but there was all kinds of biographical information. There were addresses to the jurors and everything else that was published, and it was all over Twitter yesterday, all of that information. So you could easily find out, you know, who lived where and who the jurors were and all of those kind of things. Well, that prejudice is a jury like you would not believe, right? So uh, also the jurors saw the video that uh, Minneapolis would burn to the ground if it wasn't a uh, – uh, the, the comments that were made about that, if it wasn't a, a you know a, a guilty verdict, and bottom line, uh, to what the I think the defense is going to argue as well, that groups like the ACLU and even some of the other groups that would typically lose their minds over something like this happening. I'm talking about all the stuff that I just mentioned that was brought up yesterday. The ACLU would be arguing today for Chauvin's immediate release, except with the exception. Two things. Chauvin's white and he's a cop. Otherwise, knowing these things that we just mentioned, the change of venue, the non-sequester of the jurors, the Maxine Water comment, the video that we're going to burn Minneapolis down without a guilty verdict, the jury ID information being released, all of that information right there, you can bet groups like the ACLU, I'm just mentioning them because they're the most prominent to uh, step forward on this group of uh, very liberal lawyers. You know, if it wasn't a white cop that we were talking about here, they'd be freaking out. So they would be all over this, and of course, the the news channels, the Morning Joe, and all those guys all day would be talking about that if it were a different a different guy in a different role. If it was, you know, just a black guy who was, you know, just, uh, you know, a normal citizen, not a cop. Uh, for instance, then you would be hearing a lot from those organizations today for an appeal and uh, and his release, just based on the information that came out yesterday. So uh, we'll, we'll, let's continue to talk about it. Let's go to line two real quick here before the break and get Daniel in here. Daniel, go right ahead. Hey, good morning. So having lived in a country without police, um, and, you know, we were fine because we had access to bodyguards and uh, gated communities, the people who are going to get hurt the most right now is the people who this creepy guy, creepy Joe, is saying he wants to help. It'll be the people in the poor neighborhoods, in the south side of towns, all over the states. And so it just hurts my heart to see what's, uh, what's been happening, Trey. Well, thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it very much. Uh, by the way, just a quick note. When Maxine Waters went in there a couple of days ago, she requested and received police escort. 
just so you'll know. Okay, uh, so 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, your thoughts, your take, your reaction to the guilty verdict yesterday. Uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris says it's systemic racism, that we're not done in this country. Uh, there was some uh, violence uh, in, in relevance to it in Portland yesterday and more marches in New York City last night that they are not through, that there will be more to come, so they say. Your thoughts about this? Did the jury get it right? Did he get a fair trial? 210-599-5556. Hey, this is Scott Robbins, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see. The systemic racism the Vice President just referred to. There's systemic racism that's a stain on our nation's soul. <clears throat> the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans. Profound fear and trauma. The pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. Okay, let's uh, address what he said in just a second, but let's first address how he said it. I don't, seriously guys, I don't know if you are picking up on this like I have been since he has been in the public limelight over the past couple of years, but it's getting worse and he's sounding, you know, it's kind of like we, we poke fun at Nancy Pelosi because of the vodka issue and how she slurs her words and as the day goes on, she gets more slurry because of the vodka issue. Well, Joe's sounding drunk too, but I don't think it's vodka. I, I you know, it, there's something else going on with Joe. And if you just listen to how he's how he's speaking, he's very slurry. Uh, he's very slow. He's very unsure. He's reading, obviously, but he slurs a lot of his words. Now let's talk about what he said and. You can call in and tell me if you think he's right about systemic racism here in America. Are we all racist in America? That's what he said yesterday. Following the verdict, he takes the podium. Harris spoke first, saying that this is not going to take away the pain, that we still have to keep it up. We still have to stay after it. She said America has a long history of systemic racism, and it continues right now. This is not getting rid of the racism in America. We're still a racist nation. Are we? 210-599-5555. Biden said that Floyd's murder ripped the blinders off the whole world to see the systemic racism, systemic racism, a stain on our nation's soul. You just heard him say all of that. The knee on the neck of justice for black Americans, profound fear and trauma, the pain, exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience Every single day, he said, and that the protests unified people of every race. The the protests, the the burnings of the buildings, et cetera, et cetera, the stealing and rioting and looting, the throwing of urine on police last week, that unified everybody. We were all unified last year with the purpose to say enough, 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 enough of these killings, he said. Harris, during her remarks, pointed to George Floyd Justice in Policing Act, and basically, this would nationalize local police. It would set up national standards for police, and local police forces would then basically be an arm of the federal government. So I know that's a lot to to bite off into, and you can go anywhere you want to with any of this. You can either talk about that aspect of it, whether we are a racist system, and do you want to see our local police forces federalized and have a federal police force, because that's where they're pushing with this act. 
Uh, is that something you'd get off on? And uh, do you think that every day that cops are killing black and brown Americans, every day in America, and, uh, and, and that we are at our fundamental core, who we are in this country, after the civil rights movement, after a civil war that freed, you know, uh, slaves and fought to, to, to free slaves, are we the most racist nation on the planet? Our, the, 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 the most powerful man on the planet believes so, and I'm just curious if you agree or do you disagree, and I'm curious too if you think the jurors got it right. Did he get a fair trial or not yesterday? One prominent uh, black lady in uh, media says he did not get a fair trial. I'll tell you who that was and her remarks, and I want to hear from you as well. So as we take the news break, feel free to grab a phone and call us, and let me know what you think about what happened yesterday, your reaction to the Chauvin verdict at 210-599-5556. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. America has a long history of systemic racism. Black Americans and black men in particular have been treated throughout the course of our history as less than human. Do you agree with that? Do we treat black men less than human in this country? 210-599-5555. That's the Vice President Kamala Harris. Now Candace Owens is slamming the Democrats and the media for mob justice in the Derek Chauvin trial and saying that he did not get a fair trial. Uh, Candace saying what we're really seeing is mob justice, and it's really what's happening with this entire trial. This was not a trial about George Floyd and Derek Chauvin. This was a trial about whether the media was powerful enough to create a simulation and decide upon a narrative absent of any facts, says Candace Owens. So did the jury get it right? Did Chauvin get a fair trial? Do we need national control, a concentration of power in D.C. over the police, over local police forces? And what effect do you believe that this is going to have on policing? Is it going to, uh, uh, you know, free up cops to, to be able to do more? Or will it uh, cause us to have fewer cops? Are we going to see more retirements, more guys quitting the force? What about call reaction when they get a call? What about interaction with minority groups? Uh, white cop uh, being called to something that involves uh, black individuals or brown individuals or however you want to put it. And uh, w will they will they respond to the call? Will they go? Uh, how will they respond and react once they get there and realize that the individuals are of a different race than they are? All of these questions are now out there and on the table for us to pick up and talk about it. 210-599-5555. Let's go to line one. John, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning, John. Your thoughts, please. Well, I have a question. Uh, how much fentanyl did the man eat? Um, well, it came out in the trial. I don't know exactly, you know, the, the milliliters, but I, you know, I, I couldn't recite the exact milliliters to you, John. I don't know. Well, there's reasonable doubt. Oh, well, yeah, there was plenty of, oh, sure, there was plenty of reasonable doubt that was introduced uh, throughout the trial. There's no question about that. But not enough, and thank you for your call, John, not enough to overcome the video evidence that was clear. The video evidence is not usually present in a murder case, right? You don't usually have, you know, 
not every time do you have a clear picture like what you have right now and and, and undeniable uh, and the experts that i listened to yesterday were saying things like look where where chauvin really sealed his fate was he didn't get up had he once george floyd stopped moving and stopped kicking and stopped pushing back and all that once that happened if chauvin would have got up You'd be talking about a different story today. Now, I don't know. I'm not a legal expert on any of these things. But, uh, you know, that that's what they say. That's what the experts do say, is that had he gotten up and gotten off the back of, of George Floyd and stood there and said, okay, he's now subdued, then, you know, he would have been able to uh, say, I didn't do it. Uh, you know, that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not guilty of this because when I got up, he was still alive. He was still doing his thing. Now, I'm also not a policing expert, and police will tell you that they can do that people in handcuffs can do a lot of damage to themselves primarily can hurt themselves a lot and restraining them and holding them is also something that uh, uh, that police do in order to keep people from hurting themselves again I'm not an expert in any of that. I know what I saw in that video. I think the video unified all of us last year when we saw the video. All of us were disgusted by what we saw, and particularly the cries for help and for mom and all those other things that we that we heard from George Floyd. A lot of that disgusted all of us, I do believe. Uh, but the, the real question is, is, should we continue to put up with, and I think Tucker brought this up last night, should we continue to put up with any more riots, uh, stores being looted, buildings being burned, and police being attacked, as what happened last night in Portland, a march in New York City, a cop being attacked uh, and being knocked to the ground uh, viciously in Portland and places like that. 210-599-5555. The other thing is the, the Democrats, of course, don't let a good crisis go to waste. So when you heard Joe Biden talk about systemic racism yesterday, as did Barack Obama, his statement pointed directly at systemic racism in America and particularly in, in the police forces all across America. Uh, we, we know for a fact that Democrats for quite some time have wanted to consolidate power in D.C., in fact, all power for the country in D.C., and particularly policing powers. If they can consolidate policing powers in D.C., then they can control the entire country from one location inside the Beltway. So Barack Obama said, full justice has yet to be achieved. We know that true justice is about much more than a single verdict in a single trial. True justice requires that we come to terms with the fact that black Americans are treated differently every day in every way. And while today's verdict may have been a necessary step on the road to progress, it's far from a sufficient one, said the Obamas, calling for reforming the criminal justice system and expanding economic opportunities for minorities in America. And one of the things that they're focusing on, and Kamala Harris, you just heard the soundbite from her talking about it quite a bit, is the George Floyd Act, which would essentially put all local police departments under federal control because there would be certain federal rules and obligations that local police forces would have to adhere to in all cases. And essentially, you'd have a, basically, without it being explicit, you would have at first a federalized police force across the country. Uh, and then at some point, obviously, it would just become uh, completely that. Now, I, I will tell you this, and I don't agree with them. But people, I saw people on television last night that said that's the exact answer we need. We need a federal police force. I, th I think that's nuts. 
I, you know, I know my history, and I remember the 1930s in Germany. I remember the the jackbooted thugs in the in the black uniforms with a swastika on their arm. And and my God, we don't need that in the United States of America. No way do we need that in the United. We don't need somebody here with the ultimate of power and authority coming from Washington D.C. Actually, the answer to all of this is more local control and a smaller Washington, D.C. That's the real answer. Did the jury get it right? And did Derek Chauvin get a fair trial yesterday? And what do you think the effect is going to be on policing now across the country? Will we have smaller departments? Will the interaction now be maybe no interaction at all when a white police officer rolls up to a scene and it's a black person there? What do you think? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Grab a line. We'll take a quick break. Pledge of Allegiance is coming up as well. Evans Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. The jury is sequestered, um, which the president also noted in his comments. Uh, he certainly is not looking to influence, uh, but he has been touched by the impact on the family. Okay. So line two, Tim, you're on KTSA. Go right ahead, Tim. Okay, no, Tim. 210 Your reaction this morning to the Derek Chauvin uh, verdict as he was led away in handcuffs yesterday. He faces up to about 40 years. Up to about 40 years. Kamala Harris saying this is a day of justice in America, but we're, we're starting to change now. And we're going to change the world now. Uh, he had to sacrifice so much. And his family did, too, said, Harris, we believe with your leadership that we have in the White House, we're going to make something good come out of this tragedy, saying that they aren't done, that there's more that they are going to do, and they expect more on the streets. 210-599-5555. Now, insurance companies reported more than a billion dollars in property damage. More than 140 U.S. cities saw repeated protests. David Dorn, this was leading up to this. David Dorn, you remember that name, a retired St. Louis police captain, tried to intervene as he witnessed looters ransacking a pawn shop back on June 2nd. One of the suspected looters, a 24-year-old Stephen Cannon, allegedly gunned him down. At least four active-duty St. Louis police officers were shot that night. In Seattle, at least four shootings, two of them fatal. In Minneapolis, more than 400 businesses were damaged, costing more than $500 million in losses, the Minneapolis Star-Tribune reports. In Portland, Oregon, it's been going on ever since then. Been going on for a year in Portland, where buildings have been burning and cops have been and punched just like what happened last night when a cop on a bike was punched in the face and yet uh, joe biden says the knee on the neck of justice for black americans profound fear and trauma the pain the exhaustion that black and brown americans experience every single day he said line one is john you're on ktsa with trey your reaction to the chauvin verdict go right ahead john uh, Trey, um, I thought the verdict was fine. I thought it was just. But what I didn't like was the scolding we got from the president and the vice president, which I'm sure was given to them by Obama to tell us. Um, and I think when they said there's change coming, I think it means reparations will be coming soon. And a national police force. Yes, sir. I think we need to get ready for it. They're going to do it. These guys, this, this cabal that's up in there, they, they, they're, they're going to go for broke. 
Oh, they are totally. They're gonna they're gonna federalize the police, which the last time that that was done in in memory, of course, that we all remember, were the guys in the jackboots and the black suits and the red swastikas back in Germany in the 1930s. But that's coming here. I fully believe that. And what's interesting about this too, John, and thank you for your call. Coming to Brad in just a second. I have two lines open. I I'm I'm not an attorney. I don't uh, even try to play an attorney, but I make a lot of notes from a lot of different sources. And here's the notes that I made. Defense attorneys across the country sounding off yesterday saying, well, on appeal, he's going to argue no change of venue. He's going to argue the jury was not sequestered. He's certainly going to argue the jury ID problem because of that liberal newspaper up there that put out the addresses and biographical information on the jurors didn't put out the names, but it's easy to find out who it is when they, you know, you put out their address and bio- biographical information. And certainly the Maxine Waters threats and the video that was put out saying that Minneapolis will burn to the ground if he's not found guilty. And in reality, I, I heard one say this, and he's right, I, I believe, that the ACLU would be all over this wanting an acquittal or the case to be a mistrial or an appeal to happen right away and the release of the prisoner that the aclu would be pushing for that that morning joe would be talking about that cnn would be pushing for it abc they all would be pushing for it if it weren't a white cop that because it's a white cop they're not standing up because of all the other things that was just mentioned about venue, Maxine Waters, all, all of those other things. You know what you'd be hearing in the media today, and you know what the ACLU would be saying in their statements today and other organizations. Well, it just wasn't fair, right? That's what you would be hearing. Let's go to line two. Brad, you're on KTSA. Go right ahead, sir. Your thoughts? Trey, Trey good point about the venue. You know, a murder happened in Dallas, and they moved the trial to Houston or San Antonio or vice versa. And shame on his uh, counsel for not pushing for that, but... The big issue I take away from all this is if somebody's trying to pass a counterfeit $20 bill, do we need to call a cop to do with that? If somebody's selling cigarettes in New York and not collecting the state tax on the cigarettes, do we need to have a cop come and deal with that person? You know, let's, as let's long as them. as long as it's against the law, Brad, we do, because that's what we have police officers for. And uh, well, counterfeit bills are against the law. That's a federal crime. Wait. You'd call a treasury agent or a federal government employee, not, not well, some kind of a, a local beat cop. That's that's beyond their scope. We don't need them enforcing well, jerky, stupid then what laws. You, then what you are calling for is federalizing the police because police are the ones who have the interaction with citizens on the local level, and then it can be referred up to a federal agent. I hear what you're saying, that you know a, a uh, counterfeit $20 bill resulted in a death. But the real question on that was, whose fault was that, right? And the jury found that it was Derek Chauvin's fault. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KT, more of that. Are we going to see fewer interactions with white officers and uh, black uh, citizens? Uh, will white officers take those calls? Will they go into those neighborhoods? What What do you think that's going to, to do in the future on all of this? What about an appeal? You know, there's uh, been lots of talk about that, uh, especially after Mad Maxine Waters went up and said what she had to say, especially after there wasn't a change of venue or the jury wasn't sequestered or the paper putting out the information about jurors or the video that was widely circulated that jurors did see that said Minneapolis will burn to the ground. What about all of that? 210-599-5555 locally. 
San Antonio Mayor Ron Nirenberg says justice was served. Our nation still has a long way to go in the quest for true social and racial justice. Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar said justice has been served. All right. Um, now, it's second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. He can only serve time under the first charge, according to Minneapolis law. So how much time could he get? He could get up to, to four decades behind bars on the top count of the second-degree murder. The second uh, account of third-degree murder carries a penalty of 25 years, but he's only going to be sentenced, as I said, on the top one. The third carries a 10-year maximum. That's the manslaughter. But he won't be facing that either. So second-degree murder carries that statutory maximum of 40 years in the state. He's likely going to probably face, according to experts, somewhere around 12 years in prison. Uh, all of that would obviously have to be served in isolation. There is no way to put him in the general population. If you were reading Twitter yesterday, there were a number of people calling for his immediate murder once he got to jail, uh, that he should be murdered uh, immediately in prison. Uh, so th there are those in prison that would uh, probably uh, see to, to do that. So, you know, how, how is she going to house him? Now, AOC says this is not justice and we're not done. She says uh, justice in a, is a municipality and a government that does not value military and armaments more than health care, education, and housing. So, no. She says this verdict was not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability, and I don't want this moment to be framed as this system working because the system is not working, says AOC. This is not about cameras and retraining and chokeholds. This is about changing how we structure our society. I don't feel that this resolved anything, said AOC. Meanwhile, Attorney General Merrick Garland says he's going to transform the Justice Department into a, uh, the, the lead is going to be civil rights. It's, from here on out, it's going to be a civil rights and a civil justice and a social justice justice department, he said. He said, racism is an American problem. And I think, um... It's plain to me um, that there has been and remains discrimination against African Americans and other communities of color and other ethnic minorities. So I have the opportunity now to lead the Justice Department in pursuit of civil rights, and that's what I'm going to do. His counterpart, Antony Blinken, who is, of course, you all know, uh, the Secretary of State, he says that uh, climate change poses a grave threat, an existential threat to all of us in the United States, and it is racist. He says climate change hits poor communities the most, the hardest. He says that's what I am going to be focused on as Secretary of State, offering one of the most powerful tools we have to fight inequality and equity and systemic racism in America is by dealing with climate change. If we get climate change under control, then we get racism under control in America. He admitted that some American workers will be hit hard by the Biden administration's response to the climate crisis. However, he says, we won't leave those Americans behind. We will provide for those Americans who lose their jobs under this Green New Deal ideology that they're putting into place. He pointed out that Biden has directed his department and all others within the administration to put 
Climate crisis and racism at the center of every policy decision. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Your call is coming up after the break. Shirts Funeral Home taking care of your family. At Shirts Funeral Home, you get the direct care, the loving care, the kind care that you need at a time when you're planning a funeral for a loved one. Whether that is contemporary, as in right now, and you need to plan a funeral right now, they'll be there to help you out, answer all of your questions, show you all the various products, help you arrange the service if you've never done it before, and help you work with your local church if that's where you want to have it, or if you want to have it at their gorgeous facility off of Highway 3009 in shirts, perfect, they can do that as well. Basically working alongside with you to make sure that the funeral is exactly what honors your deceased loved one and your family too. And while you have them, make sure you speak with them about pre-planning and pre-need. It's an awesome thing that you can do at Shirts Funeral Home pre-planning and pre-need. They'll more than uh, certainly help you out with all of that too. At 210-658-9224 for Shirts Funeral Home. Well, KTSA and Kitchen Design by Giovanni are presenting Serving Those Who Serve, and you can win a complete shower makeover for nominating an active or retired service member. Just go to KTSA.com to enter. Presented in part by Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC, the Institute for Functional Health, and Helen's Money Team, Guild Mortgage. AccuWeather forecast today, breezy and cool with a high near 72. Tomorrow's going to be cloudy and 69. Friday, rain and storms even are possible with a high of 85. It looks like a sunny weekend with the mid- How's that for a change? Hi, this is Jack Riccardi, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. Because unless we can change the law... This will be an episode. We change the law. We're going down a different path altogether. I don't know about you, but I, I really am concerned about people leading our country. That's Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. Uh, we got the sound of that. And, and everything they say is slurring. I'm really concerned about what they're on. I mean that. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I have no clue. I mean, there's a lot of talk in Washington about Nancy's alcohol problem, but I don't know. I have no idea. But I, all I do know is they slur a lot of their words whenever they make these uh, pronouncements and announcements. You'll hear it a little bit later on with Joe Biden. Split-second decisions. 621 Treyware KTSA, 210-599-5555. I want to address split-second decisions and their consequences with you. But first, let's go to line one. And, John, you're on KTSA. What about this? Did they get it right? Morning, Trey. How you doing, sir? Oh, great, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, I just... Uh... You know, of course, you've got all the politicians and everything like that. They're firing away. And, of course, that has to, to uh, you know, bias the jury. You know, the, the jury, yeah, they've been sequestered. Yeah, they're not supposed to watch the news. But how can that not affect their decision? Seeing just riots and looting and everything like that. You know, you tell me that, that, that has, that's not weighing on their mind uh, with their decision. So I don't think he – yes, the justice system – the, the wheels of justice turned, and yes, we have a verdict, but I don't think that you had an unbiased jury and an unbiased decision. What do you think? Well, I, I tend to agree with that. I, I, you know, I'm the one who said I, I believe, and, and just based on everything that I've listened to, and I'm not an attorney, but all the guys that I heard commenting that are attorneys about this yesterday, and I made the notes, several several issues that were a problem with this trial that will come up on appeal, the venue, uh, the sequestering, the the Maxine Waters lines, the jury's IDs being put out two days before 
uh, and, and of course their addresses, information about them, so on and so forth, biographical information being put out by a major newspaper up there. All of those things, a video where several protesters said we're going to burn Minnesota to the ground if it's not a positive result for us. All of these things will fit into the mix and will be brought up on appeal. But just think about this. It, it, knowing all of that stuff in the mix... Uh, and, and knowing what Maxine Waters said, and knowing about the change, the, the non-change of venue, and the jurors living in that area and concerned about their own homes burning down and their own businesses being ransacked, all of those things. The ACLU and Morning Joe and the Morning Show on CNN and all these others, they'd be all over that today. They'd be screaming for a mistrial. They would be screaming. Well, they would have been for weeks on end, I believe, that they would be hollering up and down. This is an injustice. This is an injustice. This is not a just trial. All of those things, because when you list them out, and I hadn't done that until I started listening to these guys yesterday. When you list it all out, you go, wow, I can't imagine that the ACLU is sitting by. And they are sitting by for two reasons, I believe. It's a white cop. That's it. And otherwise, these other organizations would be screaming about those things. Just the jury sequester issue, where where they weren't sequestered and, and were there and able to hear all the news and everything that was going on and the threats that were being made. John, thank you. i got to go to line two and Jay. Jay, go right ahead. Yeah, I uh, spent 48 years in law enforcement. I also had a degree in social work and counseling. Uh, they're missing the whole point with this man. His family knew that he was a drug addict. He he took six times the amount of fentanyl before he was stopped by the police. They they uh, they need to get that drug dealer and prosecute him. That's our problem in our ghetto areas is the drugs. It's not racism. Drugs are killing these young people. The gangs and the drugs are killing these young people. I was there for 48 years, and the biggest problems was drugs, and that's what killed him, was the drugs. I, policemen I? certainly, the, the policeman certainly used poor judgment, but I don't think he had any intentions of killing that man. He could have just left him laying there on the ground, and he'd have died. Let me ask you a question after your 48 years in law enforcement. Split decisions, how important is it to be able to make a split-second decision and not question yourself, not stop for, for a couple of minutes and think your way through it? Is that an important move? It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard. And, and, and those decisions are made every day, and the policemen are, the policemen are being... Uh, Convicted for making those split decisions is is is, is wrong. Well, I think, we had, I, I think if there had been a woman there at the scene, I taught I taught police officers before we had women in law enforcement, and women in law enforcement have been a big good move. I think if we'd had a woman there, maybe something might have changed also. But I I don't think he had any intentions of killing that guy, but he did okay. use poor judgment. All right, thank you very much, uh, and that leaves me. And Jay, thank you. I, that leaves me with what I want to talk about with, with split decisions, um, split second decisions, because we're talking about the fallout, the ramifications, the possibility that there's going to be fewer cops, fewer people wanting to enter into law enforcement, that the, the, the calls will fundamentally change. You know, when you get a call and you know you're going into a black community and you're a white police officer, will you fundamentally change how you interact and maybe hands off or second? Uh, second guess yourself, right? Uh, will that be an issue th that is going to come up here? And, and I, I can't believe that it won't because we're talking about human beings, right? So second guessing yourself. Having been a person all of my life 
literally all of my life that has participated in what some would consider to be dangerous activities they're really not but some look on the outside looking in and they say well you fly airplanes that's a dangerous activity it's really not it's pretty safe you ride motorcycles that's a dangerous activity well it's pretty safe if you keep yourself in the proper situation you drive race cars that's a dangerous activity well again the same thing as riding a motorcycle and flying an airplane and doing all that uh, it, it depends on how you handle it it depends on the situation you keep yourself in or out of those kinds of things but the number one thing when it comes to all of those things is second guessing yourself there are many times you have to make a split second decision and you have to live with whatever the consequences are of that split second decision and when you're participating in anything like that like what i just described that i've done throughout my life uh, you, you don't have time to, nor can you second guess yourself and take even that pause. You've got a, a lot of it is, is reaction right then, right there. You've got to know what you're going to do and you've got to make that decision and you've got to live with whatever the consequence is. But second guessing yourself, right, uh, is, is, is more dangerous than many times what the fallout is, the consequences of that action. I've never been a cop. I've got a lot of friends who are, a lot of friends and family members who are cops, and they tell me the same thing about copping, that you have to make split-second decisions, and you have to live with whatever the consequences are. But the most dangerous thing you can do is second-guess yourself. Have that moment of pause and start thinking about, do I want to interact here? Do I want to do this here? Am I going to be charged? Am I going to spend the next 40 years in prison if I do this, that, or the other, right? And those are the things that police officers, I think, will see. Uh, the, the fallout of this is going to see police officers second-guessing themselves more than ever before. And I just wonder how dangerous that is going to be for the cops and for the people on the street. I just wonder. I don't know. Again, I'm not a cop, but uh, and I never have been. But I have a lot of friends and family who are, and that's what they tell me. You can't. You gotta. You gotta react, and you gotta move, and you gotta make this stuff happen. You gotta do it right then and there. So anyway, we'll take a quick break. I got John Hayward coming up, and I do want to get more of your calls as well. I got to tell you about John Torres over at Wagner Hola Custom Homes, my custom home builder for you. They are awesome people over at Wagner Hola. You know why? Because they build it the way you want it. Whatever it is you want in your home, your dream home is their floor plan. And when you contract with them, they go to work right away working for you to make sure your home is exactly built the way you wanted it built. And that's what they do at Wagner Hola Custom Home. Now, they can help you design it. They can sit down with you from the very beginning and help you design it that way. Uh, Then they'll carry it all the way through to completion. They'll give you John's cell phone number so you're always in touch, always knowing what's going on with your home. And by the way, uh, Sunday at 4 o'clock, he does a great radio show here on KTSA called the Wagner Hola Come and Build It Show. It's all at Wagner Hola Custom Homes. Be sure you mention my name, Trey where when you call them at 210-625. This is Jamie Markley, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. It's 637, Trey Ware, KTSA, getting your reaction and bringing it all down from the Derek Chauvin trial yesterday. And we've got some other news items to basically touch on. But let's go to John Hayward, Breitbart.com, the author of Dr. Zero Year One. He's on every Wednesday at this time. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. What did you think about the how everything went with the with the verdict and all yesterday? Your thoughts. Break it down. 
a little surprised that it came back guilty on all counts. I thought one of the lesser counts would likely be guilty, but not all three of them. And there is, of course, going to forever be questions about whether the jury was swayed or tampered or threatened or bullied or in, in some way into making decisions like this. And there's going to be appeals, and the appeals are probably going to mention that people like Joe Biden and Maxine Waters weighed in in ways that threatened or intimidated the jury. You know, so that they shouldn't have done that, obviously. And that's going to forever cast a pall over, over the, the verdict in the eyes of a lot of people. But it has larger social significance for us. Obviously, there's big issues at play here beyond this individual case. And already we can see the, the media just absolutely frenzying, looking for more cases of police shootings they can use to attack the police. It's going to be an all-on assault on the very concept of law enforcement for, for months to come. And that's incredibly dangerous. Yeah, Ohio. Uh, this girl yeah. in this video from Ohio very obviously has a knife in her hand. I was just talking about second-guessing yourself, split-second decisions, and I think that's one of the chilling effects we're going to see out of this on top of fewer police officers, fewer people getting into the business, and uh, and, and then you know, the call interaction. You know, If you're a white cop and you get called into a primarily black neighborhood, you're going to have second thoughts because you don't want to go to jail for 40 years if something goes wrong, right? if something happens along the way. And you're right about the media. The media is so disgusting in this country they are so anti-american uh, it, it's like they are really hell-bent on the destruction of our country i'm talking about the general corporate media it's amazing to watch when you sit back as an observer and watch what they're doing with their propaganda it's like they are cheering on and working toward the downfall of our nation well, and, and they are. And in this particular case, I mean, the media obviously wants blood. It wants big stories. It wants another Chauvin case as fast as it can get it. So, you know, the, the media's appetites are involved. But their ideology is involved. People were very, very foolish during the last election, I think, to not understand that the Democratic Party is the abolish the police party. They let Joe Biden and a few other hucksters in the Democratic Party say, oh, no, we don't want to abolish the police. We, we just want a few meaningful reforms, blah, blah, blah. No, they want to abolish the police. They always have. They always will. It's part of their party platform and the media is an arm of the democratic party so there's going to be a full-on assault on the police now in order to make that agenda item come true or as, or as true as it can and it's going to get a lot of people killed and it's going to put a lot of innocent people black and white at risk or around the country and it, it's going to be a movement we have to defeat as americans if we want to keep any semblance of law and order in our country well, I saw something that was not funny, ha-ha, but ironically funny. Remember the comment that Rashida Tlaib said about no more police and no more prisons and everybody needs to be let out of the prisons? And I saw some uh, BLM, uh, I guess you would say district chiefs, uh, uh, last night on Twitter and what have you were saying, yes, we want all the prisons to close except the one that Derek Chauvin is in. So if you... <laughs> <laughs> you, you you can get out of prison unless you disagree with BLM or or the leftists or, or the Democrats. You know, a, another twist to this that I was thinking about, and I'm not an attorney. I'm not trying to, to play one. I uh, would never attempt to do that. But I, I did listen to a lot of uh, attorneys yesterday, defense attorneys, prosecutors, and so on and so forth. So I make copious notes, John, as, as I'm sure you do. And just some, this is not all, but this is just some of the appeal uh, items that they were talking about. First of all, venue. No change of venue. They did it right there. And the jury pool came from people who live in that community that were concerned, obviously, about their homes burning down, their businesses being decimated. Sequester. The jury not being sequestered at all. So they were exposed to the media. Even if the judge said, don't watch television. Don't read the newspaper. Don't listen to the radio. Well, they got cell phones and everything else. And the chances are they, you know, a lot of them did it anyway. Then you've got jury ID. You've got the paper up there who put out 
the biographical information about the jurors two days ago, right? Didn't name them, but you know, when you've got somebody's address and bio and, and biographical information, you can pretty well figure out who it is. And then, of course, you've got the Maxine Waters and the Joe Biden uh, comments, and you have the video that came out where they were shouting, "We're gonna," where, where you had certain BLM members shouting that Minneapolis would burn to the ground. When you, when you take all of that together, I can't imagine that we would wake up today and the ACLU and other activist groups and even the media that we just mentioned wouldn't be jumping up and down for a mistrial and an immediate release and all of those things when you just have that small list that I just mentioned. But they're not because you're talking about a white cop. So they don't, you know, they're not going to call for a, a mistrial or anything in this case. But if you just took those, that list right there, then the ACLU and Morning Joe and everybody else would be calling for a mistrial, I think. Sure, and, and you know, flip this around, and then if this is Donald Trump talking about this trial the way Joe Biden did, the move exactly. to impeach him again would be well underway. <laughs> the impeachment hearings would now be entering day two. You know, after, after he said that, they would have begun immediately. We all know it. We all know. I mean, Americans have a deep sense now that the system is rigged. It's a political game. It's increasingly a totalitarian environment that we live in. There's a one party that, that's treated differently than the others, and its constituents are treated differently. And, you know, another example of that is as we look at this case and then others around the country is the Ashley Babbitt shooting. You know, that, right. that was, here's another example of a police-involved shooting. But in that case, the whole thing was just waved aside with a shrug. Hey, you know, she, she shouldn't have been there, so it's okay that the cops shot her. Well, how can that be possible? How can nothing that George Floyd did be relevant? All the drugs in his system, the crimes he was in the process of committing when he was arrested by the police, you know, how can none of that matter at all to the outcome of the trial, according to, to what people are saying? But with Ashley Babbitt, eh, she shouldn't have been there she's dead who cares i mean how can you reconcile that how can you square that circle and you can only do it with politics there, there are political dimensions to both of those cases Correct. that clearly influence how they're being handled that's exactly right all right one final thing for you this morning john the george floyd justice and policing act you know the whole democrat thing the mantra about never let a great crisis go to waste and there's nancy pelosi slurring her words and thanking george floyd for sacrifice sacrificing his life so they could uh, do this and uh, I have a lot of concerns about federalizing our police. Any rules, any federal rules that would come down on local police or inserting federal officers to do on-the-street policing is a really bad idea. And you would think after the 1930s in Germany with the guys with the jackboots, the black uniforms, and the swastika, the red swastika on their armband, that, that, that the whole world would know that federal policing is a really bad idea. Right. It really never goes anywhere good. It's all too easy for a federal police force to be politicized. And you, you have to understand we're, but we're into Obama's third term now. And Barack Obama was the absolute grandmaster at weaponizing the government against his political opponents and against ordinary American citizens. Remember the, the, the uh, Tea Party IRS scandal. The, the whole Absolutely. government was turned into a basically Democrat shock troops. And that's what's going to happen if you get a federal police force. This government cannot be trusted to run a federal police force. And even if it could, and, and it can't, I, I I have to stress that. Talk to any actual law enforcement officer, and they will tell you that it's a very bad idea to federalize the police. There are a lot of good reasons why there should be state and local police forces. I have to ask you something that's not about the Chauvin trial, although it was sort of connected because it was speeches that were given by the president yesterday and Nancy Pelosi. And I won't take the time to play those for you. We've played them uh, ad nauseum, and they'll be played uh, time and time again. Um, 
when both of them speak, and, I, and I'm not trying to be rude or anything here because, you know, I stand at the head of the screw-up in the speak, speech line sometimes. But when both of them speak, either one of them, there's more and more slurring going on in their speech, both of them, where they're slurring their words like that. Now, I'm not saying they're drinking, although there's lots of rumors about Pelosi and whatever in, in D.C. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's not normal. And I don't know what's going on, but anytime either of them make a statement, their words are slurred, their sentences kind of run together, and that's going. Is anybody else noticing that? Is anybody else taking notice of that? Oh, sure. A lot of people comment on it. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that they're both mentally impaired and increasingly so. And it, it takes a tremendous effort to overlook that and pretend that they're not. But they're they're political faithful, of course, will do that. But it does raise an important point about this one party totalitarian system that we're slipping into here. When you live under a system like that, it doesn't matter what the figureheads are. It doesn't matter if they're mentally impaired or they can't talk or they drink or whatever. There is a machine that runs that does things. There are people behind the scenes that set the agenda that tell Joe Biden what to say that get things done. So it doesn't matter if Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi are non-compos mentis. The people that run them know what they're doing, and they're aggressive, and they're out to get you. They're, they're not your friends if you're a middle-class American. And that's the important thing to understand. The competence of the figureheads is not relevant in a system like the one we're sliding into. I just think of a talk show host in San Antonio is picking up on it, and a fine writer in Florida is picking up on it. Then uh, our our enemies, you know, President Xi and Putin, and those guys are picking up on it as well. John, as always, thank you. We're going to read you in Breitbart.com, and we'll have you back next Wednesday. As always, thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for having me. I'll see you soon. I don't want to tell you about Carzeus. Carzeus.com. This is the place where you'll get cash right away if you want for your vehicle, right? They'll cut you a check right away. Take that vehicle off your hands. Very simple process, too. C-A-R-Z-E-U-S.com. Carzeus.com is where you go and you fill out a little form. Uh, upload a picture or two and they make an offer on your vehicle. Now that offer is free and non-binding. It doesn't cost you anything and you're not bound to selling your vehicle to Carzeus just because you got the offer. So I want you to check that out because this could be a real difference maker for you. Instead of taking it to a dealership or instead of trying to privately sell it at carzoos.com, you can sell it to them right away if you so choose or take as much time as you want. You want to take a little bit of time before you uh, sell it to them? Hey, that's cool too. Carzoos.com is available when you are ready to sell your vehicle. And again, the whole the, the whole process is absolutely no obligation. So you don't have to worry about being into a deal until you're ready to make a deal. Ben's roofing newsmaker hotline. Flip this around, and if this is Donald Trump talking about this trial the way Joe Biden did, the move to impeach him again would be well underway. <laughs> the impeachment hearings would now be entering day two. You know, after, after he said that, they would have begun immediately. I have a uh, non-Chauvin story here about your pocket in a bad your bank account. Household staples from diapers to tampons are poised to hit uh, consumers with sticker shock this fall. As Procter & Gamble the maker of Tide detergent, Pampers diapers, Gillette razors, and more says it plans to raise prices on a slew of products by September, citing the rising cost of raw materials and shipping. We've been talking about how two by four now is a hundred bucks, you know, or <laughs> sheet of plywood, you know, it's just ridiculous. The price increases are going to affect baby products, adult diapers, feminine care brands. Announcement coming just a week after Kimberly Clark, uh, the maker of Scott toilet paper and Huggies diapers, announced mile high. Price hikes by June. Procter and Gamble is blaming the price increases on the impact of rising commodity prices, including surging co surging costs for raw materials, wood pulp, resin, so on and so forth. Uh, prices are rising in the food aisle too. 
shortages. Did you know a box of grape nuts on the open market, the black market, is going for $100 a box if you can find it? Cheerios maker General Mills ticking up prices on major brands. Hormel Food Corporation ticking up on Skippy peanut butter. J.M. Smucker going up on their Jif peanut butter. All the prices are going through the roof right now. Coca-Cola has announced price increases are coming as well. Why is all this going on? Well, number one, energy costs are going up. They also see the coming tax increases. Coming tax increases from Joe Biden to pay for all of his social programs. Rent car prices are going up. There's about a 300% increase on rent car prices as well. Gas prices are up. All of these are taxes, by the way, that are passed along to a consumer. Because any time that you have to pay higher prices at the grocery store, that's nothing more than a tax increase on you. All of that is happening here during this administration because of decisions that this administration is paying is 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 bringing about. The problem is fewer people want to work. I've got another story here that I don't have time for, how restaurants are offering signing bonuses like a major league sports franchise would would offer an elite athlete. Restaurants like McDonald's offering signing bonuses if you'll just come to work. But people are making more money sitting on the couch receiving money from the government than working at McDonald's or other restaurants, other places like that, so they're not accepting those jobs. Well, it doesn't take very long to figure out if nobody is producing money, how you going to pay for the increase of your diapers and your Coca-Cola?